Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sultan's Vision. In today's episode, we discuss neo-fascism in the White House and beyond. This is a 90-minute discussion. We invite you to call in at 347-857-1319. All right, we're back on a Monday. We're back here in sunny California. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Right, Warming brother. up again. Warming up again. Warming up, man, like a mug. <laughs> I can't get my daily walk-in call. Can't get my daily walk-in until it, it gets down to seventy-seven degrees because I can't can't even get up there walking to eighty degrees, brother. I can't do that. Defeats <laughs> the whole entire purpose, homie. So, but yeah, That's man, true. we're back. We're back. Hey, you know, man, uh, before we get into our topic, you know, one of the good things that I was, uh, news I heard about is that um, I think California and New York are thinking about trying to, um, you know, bring about single payer. Right. It out. Right. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know, like, how serious and how deep it will go, but those do, if you had two states, that would be the, the, the best two states to. To, to implement it and see where it goes, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a model, yeah, That's right? true. That's true. Yeah, you it would be I mean? interesting to see how it, how it would, um, you know, work and then, uh, at a state level and then uh, mm-hmm. be able to promote it uh, on, on a national level to say, hey, it works. Uh, what's the yeah, problem? Yeah, we'll you know, we'll see what the kinks are, you know, because I think that's one of the things that any kind of, movement forward um, is required. You know, it's kind of tested out if you can. So, for example, mm-hmm. I listened to another podcast on, on basic income, and they are trying to basic income in Ontario with, um, they were able to get uh, 4,000, they have 4,000 people across, you know, like rural rural areas, urban areas, uh, different, and, and pretty much all of them, you know, kind of either working poor real kind of like, you know, basic, you know, really don't have too much income at all, but also some of them are working as well. But but the the goal is is to to test it out over the next four years. So mm-hmm. the per the, the the group that got it you know, got it okay, they wanted more numbers so they can have more diversity. But uh is is that kind of even if even if that's not a socialist thing per se, it's not, you know, totally socialist we can look at that data and say, okay, what does it mean for people to have, you know, uh, a, more of a support mechanism, you know, mm-hmm. then that goes beyond their job, you know, have a job, but also have more of a support mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of thing, the kind of data we look at. We look at that same thing. We can look at it in terms of, okay, what's happening in Cuba? What are some of the positive things that are happening with, you know, the application of socialism, though there's challenges with socialism in Cuba or Venezuela or wherever, that any, any state that's proclaiming itself to be a socialist state or democratic socialist state, look at that, get that data and say, hey, you know, based on this data, this is what happened. We, we need to be able to do that because th- that's the one way of kind of promoting it and giving people the confidence that we're going in the right direction. And, and and I think that's really really important because you know if you have the data, um, pe- you, you can always 
you know, data is, is like con- being concrete. So it's not a single story, but it's an, uh, it impacts a in, um, significant number of people. So I think it's really, really, uh, uh, really important to have that um, uh, 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 that data, that real hard data, uh, to be able to provide and show and demonstrate to people both how socialism works, um, but also the challenges it faces. So. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there is no perfect world. So, um, because you have to struggle towards it, you, you don't, you don't wake up in it. So, um, and I right. think that's important that people need to, uh, you know, think about. Yeah. And, and, and apparently I'm, there's a, uh, speaking of uh, the, uh, single payer, actually there's a, a post your book out. I got, a been out for a while, I guess. Where this, where this journalist did a, a a study analysis or whatever reporting of uh, places where you have universal health care, and and I have to admit that I have not done. I mean, I talk a lot about universal health care, but I haven't done a lot of study about what okay, how it applies in, in most other third, uh, other developed countries or industrialized countries. I don't want to say developed, but industrialized countries. Um, and that you know, again, that's going along with hey, it's been tried here. You know, these different places, this is how they're doing it, you know, and it can work here too. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's what you don't get in the media. You don't get that kind of thing. I mean, I rarely see the media going to these other countries, you know, saying this is how, uh, you know, single payer or universal health care is working there. I mean, Michael Moore tried to do it in his movies, but you just don't see that. And that just kind of shows you how much there's a resistance here that capitalism puts on the resistance, you know, it, it blocks that kind of information from coming in, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't go get it yourself, and if we don't go get it and pass it along and try to change the narrative, then people just, you know, they, don't, they operate out of ignorance. They operate out of not knowing stuff. And that's the problem. And, and, you know, and you're right. And, and, and one of the challenges for us is to be able to uh, – Put forward a, a, a different narrative for people and to break into the the communication of, uh, and information that people have made, uh, made, you know, that they currently get. And most in most cases, vast majority of people get their news uh, generally filtered through the mainstream media. Uh, and what I mean by mainstream media, I'm not talking about what the right wing describe as uh, liberal media, because they're main, they're mainstream media too. Fox News falls right into that. Uh, in fact, most media is right wing media, even though the right wing tell you they're, they're not right enough. Um, or from sports, or from culture. Um, and so, mm-hmm. w- what happens is it is oftentimes it, it is uh, distorted. Um, uh, information and so our challenge is to be able to break through that um, uh, distorted information that they receive to you know really tell people what is really going on um, you know around the issue of health care around the question of single pay around the question of socialists all of those issues um, and points um, are the challenge on the left is to be able to do that and I don't think we've been very good at doing that part of it. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest uh, uh, challenge uh, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's just want to bring that up because, um, man, it's, it's getting serious. And, and, you know, you really have to be the, the propaganda. The propaganda machine 
capitalist propaganda machine is, is, is getting ratcheted up. There's a lot of, um, you know, the xenophobia, the, the, just the whole kind of, you know, fallacious kind of uh, uh, information coming out from these governments and powers that be. Um, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm not saying that sub, certain media tries to break through some of that, but they also are held back by capitalism but by, because they're corporate media. Um, you know, and, and 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 some of them are, are put on defensive by by this fascist in the White House. And so now they put on defensive. So now they got to come out a little bit more, a little bit more seemingly progressive or liberal, um, or just trying to come out more professionally, if you will. But they can't they they can't come out totally because they're, they're corporate owned. They're corporate owned media, and 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 their first their first allegiance is to making profit. And so anything that's going to try to if they think they're going to lose listenership by getting into stuff that's too complicated, too too deep, you know what I mean, that's going to be uh, a counter to the, the status quo, then they're not going to get into it. They, they're just not going to take you there. They, you know, every once in a while you may have something to come up. They might get a little deep, but they're not going to do it. And that's the reason I don't spend a lot of time watching it because they're just not mm-hmm. going to do that because they, their, their first, their first um, priority is 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 profit. You know, they they got to make money. They got they got to keep the eyeballs coming in. So you'll get you know a little silly um, kind of debates, you know, non substantive debates um, by these uh, what do you call them the uh, media pundits, if you will. You'll get a lot of that. You don't you don't really get deep. You don't get deep. They don't they don't really have any really you know di- really divergent viewpoints. Uh, a lot of times too, you don't get any any, any uh, strong left viewpoints. You always get right wing viewpoints and some liberal viewpoints, but you never get uh, you know you're not you're not going to have Chomsky on CNN. That's just not going to happen. Cornell West barely gets on CNN. Used to be on a, a what is it called MS, MSNBC, but you're not going to get you know you're not going to get that. You're not going to get uh, Chris Hedges on a lot of these places, right? Because they they get too deep. And, uh, and the media can't, they, they, you know, that doesn't get them eyeballs. That doesn't get them people, you know, keep watching, right? But anyway, um, today's show, we're going, to talk, we're going to look at this question of neo-fascism in the White House. And we've, we've talked about fascism before. We want to revisit this. Carl uh, found the article in, uh, what was the monthly review, Carl? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's in the uh, April... It- April issue 2017, the monthly review. I highly recommend it. It's probably one of the best summary and critical point of understanding uh, what he described classical fascism and neo-fascism and the difference between the two, um, uh, which is really, really powerful. I mean, there's been a lot of books on, on fascism. I mean, there's been a ton of books. Most of the books... Do the psychology of fascism. They want to know why they have a screwed up mind. Why uh, Hitler just was so evil. Um, what, uh, the other uh, having to do with, you know, the violence and the brutality of fascism. Um, and, uh, so most, uh, and their military blitz of fascism is p- probably the three major areas a vast amount of research that has been done on fascism. Um, Albert Speer, you know, from both left to right, liberal, have written books on fascism 
but really clearly do not understand fascism in, in its totality um, and all of its pieces and from an objective sense. Uh, what is interesting about this, it, it's not law. It, it, you know, one other thing I like about it, and, it, and it's, it, it's not anecdotal. So, it, you know, there's, uh, he has, I, I, I think about how many, over over 109 footnotes. So he's not just talking off the top of his head to be what we used to call shit talkers. So he's actually, dim, you know, did some research on the question of fascism and the question of neo-fascism and how there are Trump neo-fascism is similar to classical fascism. So they're not exactly the same. Fundamentally, what makes them different is um, one is that uh, fascism, classical fascism that emerged in Germany uh, and uh, Italy uh, and the one that predates that in Spain um, emerged out of World War One, the, the mass murder of war that took place out of World War One created the kind of conditions upon which, um, you know, the politics and the, uh, and, and the direction of, of, of what was happening at that particular time. So you ha- um, followed by um, the economic, worldwide economic depression in the 1930s. So you're coming out of a war in 1919, moving through the 1920s, that's, uh, many of the uh, European countries were just trying to recover. Uh, by the 1930, the economic crisis uh, just devastated. It was like one uh, blow right after another, and two currents began to emerge. One current, which was the collapse of the Social Democrats um, under Kosky and, and the rest of them, uh, which we, you know, we would say the social uh, democracy and our equivalent in the U.S. would be DSA, uh, that dominated the uh, left socialist politics had collapsed. Um, and they didn't collapse completely in a sense. They collapsed as an ideological thinking, which emerged, uh, uh, emerged at the same time of the, the Bolsheviks seizing uh, power in in Russia in uh, October 1917, creating the rise of a, a revolutionary thinking um, or a, trend, a revolutionary thinking of the uh, communist uh, movement and the tension between the two. But during that time, the Social Democrats were being elected into office. Um, both Germany, um, uh, they initially were in Austria, uh, trying to seize power in Italy, uh, had some, there were a major contender in uh, Spain. Um, so there was this left socialist current on one side. The other side was this extreme right-wing fascism current, which had an ideological uh, basis that as a defeated nation, as a defeated people in uh, economic crisis, let us return to the glory days of the Roman Empire or the, you know, the Ottoman Empire or Austro-Hungary Empire or um, the, uh, 
uh, I, I forgot the, the Aryan Empire for for Germany. So it it, it was that current with in all three in Spain, uh, uh, Germany, and Italy um, began to say had what is called, kind of like brown shirts. Italy had the black hand where they had these neo-fascist violent forces who basically was attacking Jews, uh, socialists, gays, or anyone, uh, beating them up, killing them. I mean, Rosa Luxemburg was was partly caught up, was killed as a result, I think, as a result of this emerging movement that had influence on the police in Germany. Uh, so... There, there, there was this rise of this folk, these folks who uh, were very, very fascist, very, very violent, um, who had reached a point in the 19, early 1930s that, um, you know, they wasn't going to seize power violently, but they could run for p- political office. Uh, that's what took place with Hitler's uh, uh, party, uh, uh, National Socialist Party, um, and. They ran and, and lost. Um, they, they had significant amount of influence uh, at that time, and, but they lost. Um, similar thing in, in Italy. Um, I, you know, um, Franco in Spain decided, well, you know, we're not going to wait until all the election results in, and he just sees stuff, which began the process under uh, uh, under under classical uh, fascism to uh, basically um, private, privatize the state because a lot of the socialists who were running the government uh, in Germany and, and Italy at the time um, had, had nationalized a n- number of the industries um, and uh, banks and things. And so they proceeded to actually um, uh, uh, privatize. And uh, basically they said, we're going to eliminate the separation of powers so there wouldn't be any the separation of the judicial branch the parliament and the and the and the executive branch there was only one branch called the executive branch and there was all power to the executive branch they also said that private property will be protected so you can no longer nationalize and that we're going to give even more power concentrated power economic power to uh uh to corporations so you had like the Volkswagen Crump and all those in in uh, Germany, and uh, a similar thing happened in Italy and as well as in uh, uh, Spain. And then last was the final integration of the military, the university, the press, and the culture under the state. So they began to say no more separation of state where there's the press going to attack the, the executive branch. It's all one branch now called you know, under Nazism or or Mussolini uh, fascism. So it was all, and everyone's job was to promote, you know, fascism. Um, and this took, and, uh, you know, John Bellamy Foster talks about that with, um, you know, Martin Hildiger, who was a philosopher uh, at, at the University of Frambourg. I, I, I don't know why the left, particularly the, um, Postmodernist left loved this guy um, because he was extreme fascist by all means. But um, uh, they he, he helped to attack and, and remove a lot of the socialist and progressive 
uh, professors in the university. Carl Smith is another one. Um, and it's interesting, these cats get, uh, 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 you know, elevated today and to a certain degree in the postmodernist folks kind of like use their, some of their thinking, uh, Nisi, Nishi and, and Hildiger and all these cats as, as some kind of progressive. I don't get it, um, but that was the thing in the 90s that, 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 that came about. So anyway, that's the description of what is, um, he described in the, in, in the, uh, in the pamphlet um, what he calls classical fascism. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, and that's, um, that's important to know that background because we, we're so distant from it. But I think it's crucial because, the, you know, the, the article, which is, is, is it, it's not a short article, but it's not a turbid long either, but it's, you, you need some time to read it. Um, gives, you that, gives you that historical background. And, and I, wanna, I want us to revisit why we're talking about this subject because it's not about just using the word fascism. Right? We, we're talking about right. this subject because this is real. And right. just like we talked about neoliberalism, see, because we just came, you know, we, we're still faced with the, the struggles of neoliberalism. We did a couple of shows on that. You can do a search on our on, on blog talk on our show and put on neoliberalism. And, and that neoliberalism talks about trying to use the market, market-driven uh, 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 solutions to, to damn near everything. So any, so any kind of problem, you just kind of throw money at it, you marketize it. You know that that's the only that's really the most legit kind of thing that you do, and you see that under uh, under the Obama uh, era, you see that under the Carter, you see that under Clinton. You know these these are these are neoliberals. Uh, this guy that was uh, man just selected in um in uh, in, in France. What is I forget his name right now. Um, he's, Macron. A, he's supposed to be yeah. a, huh? What's his Macron. Name? Macron. Macron. Yeah, McGraw yeah. is, is, is a, when I, when I understand, is a classic uh, neoliberal, comes Liberal. out of the finance finance community. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's probably better that he won than, than Le Pen, who was pushing the kind of, I hear, the same kind of xenophobic, racist kind of stuff that, that Bush, I mean, that, uh, that, that the fascists in the White House, 45, is pushing. But, uh, but again, you know, McGraw is a, a, a neoliberal. So you have these kind of, these, 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 uh, both of these kind of forces that, that if you don't understand what they are, you don't you can't see how they how they're taking place. See, you just want you just thinking well, people just using these words. No, we're trying to give you again a lens to look at the situation. This is not about just Trump. It's not about just 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 forty five. It's not just about him. Because again, like we told you, if you get rid of him, you still are left behind the forces and the ideological. Uh, forces that brought him into being that gave, gave rise to him that gives him the ability to um, to 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 rule at this point to be in, in power. So we did a show again on white on on on, on racism and and neoliberalism fascism that gave rise to to forty five. So you can go back and look at that as well. So this is what he's coming out of. Um, so one of the things I like about the article is that he he does bring it to 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 the current day. So he gives you that 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 background and then brings it to the current uh, situation, which which always helps, right? But for me, this I had a, a a back and forth debate with somebody a while ago on Twitter, 
you know, saying that, um, you know, that I'm misusing, I'm misusing fascism and I'm applying it wrongly or whatever. And I'm like, no, because these things are not stagnant. These are not stagnant definitions. These things can change with the times. Just like capitalism has gone from, you know, uh, classical capitalism to finance capital, right? Uh, the, the notion of democracy has changed over time as well. So we're, we're definitely in a bourgeois democratic, you know, democracy right now, right? So we're so for me, this is the this is my crucial definition of fascism, and, and you can tell me, Carl, if you disagree with it. What we're seeing right now is a rollback of democratic institutions. We're seeing a rollback of democratic participation. This has been going on long before Trump has been there. What we see here in, in a bourgeois democracy is that you get a semblance of democracy, democracy that only works in beha- on behalf of market forces, on behalf of corporations, and there is some level of democracy that the people have, we the people have fought for. So I don't want to take that from us. Don't be thinking that we have not, despite how bad things are, that we've, had, we've made some democratic gains Right over right. the last you know decade that we have to acknowledge and recognize and appreciate, despite the fact that that is, we still have serious challenges. You know, you can say, well, damn, we did all that shit for civil rights movement in the sixties, fifties, and sixties, and now look what's come of it. No, no, I don't want to. It's not that simple. We can we can still lean on that. We can still use that because those 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 those, those those struggles were hard won and hard fought for, right? So, but again, what you see is that the 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 uh, bourgeois forces are always trying to push back on our democratic inputs, um, so that we we only get down to like maybe having a vote, and even in that, they try very very you know very diff- very hard to uh, you know gerrymander certain uh, communities uh, and 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 races of people. So they cannot vote. Make it very difficult to try to change uh, the, the the voting uh, qualification in different states, so people cannot vote. And then also, it's the this is the most important thing is to get your ass believing that you don't have no no voting anymore. That it don't matter. So when somebody says, "Well, you know, it's already it's already rigged," you know they're gonna do what they're gonna do anyway. See, they already got you there, right there. That's done. Right. You see what I'm saying? The moment mm-hmm. that you can think, well, that's it, I'm done. Right? Then that's, that's right. So that 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 reason that leaves that opens up the door for fascism, because all they got to do is wither away, chip away at these institutions. What you see that, that Bellamy talks about in the article is how the fascist 45 in the White House and the, and the people around him, particularly Bannon and other folks. What they're doing is trying to weaken and challenge the three branches of the government that's part of the Constitution. That is the executive branch, the judicial branch, and the legislative branch. You know this shit you should have learned in high school. If you didn't learn that, you should know that. But the thing is, is they want to try to, to, to weaken the judicial, the judicial branch and bring the legislative branch under control. So last week what they did was when they passed the so-called health bill, American health bill, whatever the, that shit is called, right? What did it, what did Trump do? He sent his buses to go pick up the Republicans and bring them to the White House. 
Motherfucker, y'all get your ass on the bus, right? I'm calling for you now. Because he wants to be able to control what they do, control what kind of votes they make, because he knows it's contention. You don't have full control over the Republican Party. He doesn't have full, you know, just direct control. But this is what they want to do, though. They want to have control over the legislative body and the judicial body and make it everything come from the executive branch. He already got his billionaire partners up there, right? He got them. Right. Right. That, that's already in place. This is done. We, we allowed that shit to happen. Know that. Know that. Right? You are, those of you that are all down for capitalism and you think it's the, the best thing in the world, well, it's happening. Your capitalists are in the White House. They don't serve you or me. They serve capitalism. So he's already got the capitalists in the White House. So now the challenge is, is how do you weaken the judicial branch and legislative branch? And how do you bring, this is the reason why he has such a problem with the media, how do you bring the media under control? Well, that's not, that little piece is a little bit harder. Because, again, it comes back to whatever's left of our democracy. We said that the media is supposed to serve the people, that, you know, it's supposed to be the kind of a, the, the, fourth, the fourth estate that, you know, supposed to be able to, to, put, to put power in check, right, that it cannot be, um, you know, the media cannot be sued for bringing information, you know, to the people. So we have to, we have to, to go back and re, uh, reconfirm that, right? And then we also have, luckily right now, we got an Internet in which is um, primarily, uh, not primarily, but it, it's made up of, of, of a lot of independent um, uh, sources that we can go to, right? So we got that right now. So this is what's making fascism difficult, but don't think that it's not uh, here and it's, and it's not, uh, they're not trying to, in, to, to build it more. One more point I'm going to make and turn it back over to Carl. I've been watching Carl this. Uh, I don't know if you watched this show or watched this series on uh, Hulu. My 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 my, my children have Hulu. Okay, mm-hmm. and so uh, that was my first time my first time watching some something on Hulu. But it's uh, the Handmaiden's Tale. You, have you heard about that? Oh yeah, I heard about Handmaid's it. Tale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this yeah. is based upon Margaret Atwood's uh, uh, nineteen. I think it's nineteen eighty, nineteen seventy novel. And she, you know, she and she based it upon things that have happened. You know, everything that she's that's in it is based upon something true that's happened in history, right? But it, but it's, it's it's this kind of it's this getting to the state where women are are made to have babies because some women can't have babies. They're made to have so women are made to have babies. So you have these draconian laws. You have this kind of like uh, Christian fascist. Uh, um, uh, uh, overtake of the uh, 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 state power, right? And and a lot of people are kind of like you know it, it really seems kind of eerie because it when you watch it it's, it's so much reflects what's going on today what you see today, and 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 the, what's so crucial about it that you know, she wrote this in nineteen eighties nineteen seventy nineteen eighty um, she wrote this you know quite a while ago, but if you look at this. What Bannon represents this kind of Christian fascism, right? The, the notion of religion is so important. This Christian fascism is so important to debilling fascism because you got to get people to go along with shit, okay? And who better to go along with shit than people who believe in some god that don't exist, who believe in some some idiot, some Jesus or Messiah that's supposed to walk on water and 
supposed to risen from the dead. I mean, if you believe that kind of shit, Carl, you can believe anything, okay? So you got to get those people in cohorts with it. And, 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 and incidentally, she shows that, guess what? Women in, this, in, this, in, this, in, the, in the novel and in the series go along with the fascism, even though they're the ones being oppressed by it the most. You see my point? Mm-hmm. And guess what? Who makes up the who makes what what gender makes up the majority in churches? Females. So you you got to get them to go along with this stuff, right? And mm-hmm. and you get somebody that's that's some crazy motherfucker like forty five, who's narcissistic, you know, xenophobic, using xenophobic rhetoric, right? Has lots of money. He's the perfect motherfucker to try to push this in. And then you got the coach brothers. And all them other billionaires behind the wings, they're not gonna get they're not gonna get on TV. They don't wanna be they don't want that kind of attention. But they they will they will concede to him. They didn't want him at first because they didn't know how they couldn't control him. But you get him in power, you know, you you get them by backing him, this lays the seed for fascism. This lays the seed for rollback. Now, one more last point, I'm not sure I was gonna say that last time. One more point. When I'm watching this show, Carl you know that it's, it's kind of like this sort of futuristic kind of novel, kind of, you know, and it's, and it's futuristic even though it's kind of speaking toward the time. Even in the, in the show, it talks about Uber, you know, so it refers to Uber or the, or the iPhone. So it's, it's contemporary, right? But you know what, for me, Carl, we don't need that particular show to tell us the fascism is here. For a lot of people, particularly if you're working poor or poor, Fascism has already visited you. It's already on you, right? So, for example, with women having babies, right? There are women who either can't have a baby or have an abortion because of money, right? They either can't afford to have a baby, right, or they can't afford to have an abortion. So some of this kind of, you have certain laws in terms of the police state on black communities is much more harder and pushed on than any other communities, right? So you already right. have these, 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 these incidents of fascism already there. People's lives control every day, particularly if they don't have money, if they lack resources, and they have the institutions, racist, sexist institutions that are in place, in particular policies that are in place to undermine and marginalize these people. So maybe you don't have they don't have no guns to their head. Well, at least, you know, I mean, you, have the, you have the police have the guns. But, you know, not like the movie where you have, you know, the, you have all around the cities people, you know, you have these people that are, you know, got machine guns ready to take people out to challenge the, the fascist state. But you don't have to hold a gun to people's head. What you got to do is put fear into them, make them feel like they, they, they can't do anything else, make them feel as though, there's no alternative. That all they can do is just go along with it. Like, like the show, like the movie says, you know, don't worry, you'll get used to this. So you start normalizing shit. We've already gotten to the point of normalizing this narcissistic 45. We've already, it's already happening. So he could be very well be there for a fucking year, two years, three years, the more and more you normalize it. Do you see what I'm saying, Carl? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think that that that's really important because uh, uh, a couple of things you you just raised. No, I want to step back for a moment, then I'm going to move forward. Uh, when 
you talk about the separation of power in, uh, in the executive branch and the judicial branch and the legislative branch, the struggle to have separation of power was a very powerful democratic struggle that took place. Um, it was important to uh, uh, to to small farmers and others that we didn't want to have a king. We didn't want to have a single person who had absolute power. So the, uh, so people died to have separation of power, and part of it is is that the president was supposed to have limited power. Uh, the prime minister is supposed to have limited power. Uh, the head of state, whether it's a prime minister, president, or otherwise, is supposed to have limited power other than to declare war or um, you know, sign legislation, that the power ought to lie in the parliament or in the Congress. And um, uh, in, in, these, in Russia's Duma, in Germany, in different places, but fundamentally in the parliament. Um, and that they are the ones that um, are, to, are supposed to be the representative of the people, that they are the ones that pass laws, that the executive branch cannot make laws. They can only approve or reject the laws that are, that are uh, uh, developed or created by the parliament or the Congress. But to keep both of them in check was supposed to be the judicial branch, one and then there was a third branch which was the press and the press was to expose to bring to light the corruption the hypocrisy the the uh the attack on average working people to be the voice where congress and the judicial branch fall down on the job and so they so in a sense it's the 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 the, the media the, the judicial, the legislative, uh, uh, being a check on the executive branch. Fascism view it the reverse, that those other three, the legislative, the parliament, the Congress, the judicial, and the, and, and the press, are supposed to be under control and direction of the king called the executive branch. And the head of the executive branch, whether it's the president, prime, prime minister, or, or whomever, the chancellor, or whomever, um, are supposed to have absolute unfeathered power. So that's the goal of fascism because in their mind that their function is to protect and defend the capitalist system and most particularly the private property rights of the capitalist system. So libertarians right. can jump around and talk all this nonsense they want about, you know, we, people should be allowed to you know, do whatever they want, own whatever they want, as long as they don't hurt nobody. Well, the actual fact, once you start doing whatever you want to do, you start hurting somebody. And the fundamental role of capitalism is to make sure that you concentrate, you know, uh, uh, production and industry into fewer, fewer hands. So that's the power of what the role of fascism. Neo-fascism, and, and this is the thing that John Bellany Foster clearly tries to articulate to say it is fascism 
uh, to the next level. As you used the example, capitalism, when it first came about, was under, you know, mercantile capitalism, and competitive capitalism, monopoly capitalism, today's financial capitalism. It's changed. So to use the same ca- categorical definition of capitalism under competitive capitalism, you look, you look at it today, you would say, yeah, capitalism don't exist. But only a fool would use an idolistic categorical, conceptual notion of capitalism and not look at capitalism as a living, breathing, developing system. Neo-fascism is the same way. Neo-fascism is, is a development of the earlier form of fascism, and it's not often time described as fascism among themselves, whereas in Germany and and in Italy, they declare themselves fascists. Today, they declare right. themselves traditionists or alt-rightists. And so it is the banning uh, ideology of, you know, alt-right kind of fascism. So when you hear alt-right, when you hear traditionalist, that's neo-fascism. They're interchangeable. And one of the things that Bannon articulates or that alt-right fascism articulate, is the need to overcome the crisis of capitalism. You always hear them that, oh, my God, we're only getting 1% growth. We should be at 4 or 5% growth. There should be jobs for all. Right. Well, that Hitler and the, and the Nazis articulated that, too. And they provided jobs for all. Uh, they basically stole and, and destroyed uh, and took uh, land and resources from everyone else to keep everybody in full employment in the war industry. The other thing mm-hmm. about the alt-right is the Judeo-Christian Western spirit. They they just say that multiculturalism and all this, including all these other folks, you know, uh, Islam or Buddhism or whatever, is not, you know, American uh, alt-right thinking. Our thing is to reinsert that there's only one spirit. There is only one um, a theological dominance hegemony in America, and that is Judeo-Christian uh, Western spirit. It also promotes ethno-nationalism, that there is only one kind of nationalist, American nationalist, and that's just white people. Everybody else who are non-white got to go. Um, right now, today, they say Latinos who come from Central and and South America must go back to Mexico. I don't know why they just simply say they go back to Mexico. Half of them, most of them came from Central America. So, you know, uh, Nicaragua, Honduras, and different places. But they'll know. be first. That doesn't mean black folks are, is going to be right behind. Now, I don't know where they're going to ship you to, but they're going to ship you somewhere. So, because this is supposed to be a white nation, not all these other kinds of nations. And, and Hitler, when he, they had Africans... Um, Afro-Germans that were living in, in that period, they were actually taken to the concentration camp or shipped out to Czechoslovakia and different places. They also view their world as a worldwide movement, this alt-right populist movement, global movement. That's why they identify with Le Pen and, uh, you know, uh, what's taking place in Great Britain. But they were not the first. Remember this stuff? Yeah. You know, Picard mentioned, this has been happening for a while. This actually started in Italy. Italy. Um, um, and I, Bergosi and those cats were the early form of who were promoting some of this stuff in Italy at that particular time. They they also feel that they have a global existential war, that they're at war with 
get with everybody, and that everyone should be uh, subjugated under uh, their alt-right American fascism uh, that they want to take out and go back to war in Afghanistan, Syria, uh, China, uh, uh, North Korea, because all of those uh, they want to fight and, and use their military power and weight to subjugate. That is what is happening in Venezuela. In Venezuela, that is the emergence of a uh, reemergence of American back into influence in, in South and Central America. And then last is part of their ideology, which is they have, a, a, which is very similar to to the classical fascism, is to return to the past. Um, to the what they say, make America great again, which is the 1950, where black folks were segregated and you know um, there was attack on, on the working class and the and the works. In their mind, that was the good old days. And they um, under Hitler, the good old days was a great German, you know, uh, Aryan world. Uh, Mussolini really promoted the thing about the great Roman Empire. So. They are promoting these ideological forms. So don't get it twisted that you're thinking that you're not, you're removed from this neo-fascist world. It is impacting every aspect of our lives today. Whether you live, breathe, or eat, or drink, they are, they are gutting EPA. They are attacking science. They are attacking your health care. They are attacking your education. They are attacking the way you think, you shape, and live, and breathe here in America and around the world. And this, in the struggle of, of, is, is, is a democratic struggle because they're constantly undermining democracy because they don't like democracy. They like, no, like a monarchy. They want a king to run everything and that because hey, that Carl, is much hey, more offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, go ahead. We, we got on the table so we got a call or two so go ahead so finish your point on this on uh, call oh, yeah. for see you there uh unless you're in a minute go ahead carl yeah it, it basically there what fascism is a very effective efficient mechanism for Capitalism, particularly monopoly capitalism, you have no environmental laws or regulation you have to worry about. You have no restraint. You take out labor unions, and so labor unions are weakened and destroyed. So people work at, you know, poverty wages. You have the massive buildup of the military-industrial complex of war, and you can just chew up people in the in the war. Uh, uh, you know, destruction again. Th- this is a very, it, it, it constantly revolutionized capitalism in terms of uh, pr- producing a, uh, productive forces to expand uh, uh, accumulation of, of profits. It, 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 it is a very efficient system. And, 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 and also, it is so obvious what the thing that a bourgeois democracy does, it, it, it likes to give you the, the appearance that they're not completely in charge, that they will concede certain things, that they will um, not be pre- open and transparent. Neo-fascists, the alt-right, the fascists is very open, transparent. They're, they have their military folks in, all throughout the, the state. They have their corporatists folks from Goldman Sachs, 
all throughout uh, 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 the state. Um, they talk about the D state. The D state to them is people who are, are opposed to the neo-fascists, people who believe in democracy, people who, who, who struggle. Our challenge is to build a new united front. Our challenge, just like the ones took place in the 1930s, the, the, the broad front, the united front, we will have to do that today. And it has to be led by the um, revolutionary left that understands and clearly understands fascism and neo-fascism, but also clearly understand that to fight, we must be united. We must be in one united front. Um, and, it, and so some of our uh, revolutionary rhetoric may have to be, uh, you know, uh, tweaked down a little bit. We may have to uh, concede something a little bit. But in order to fight back, you need a broad, united front that is fighting for democracy, that is fighting for um, uh, ultimately for socialism. And we are the only ones who can do it on a consistent basis. We are the most disciplined. We should be. We are supposed to be the most disciplined. We are supposed to be the most clearly sighted. We are supposed to be the most uh, uh, understanding of what the, all the ramification and, and analysis. It is not our ideological capacity what we can do. It is our organizational capacity to be able to survive, to support, to build the new democratic uh, movement here in America. That is our role, and failure to do that is on us. And I'm, when I mean on us, I mean on the left. I don't, I don't want to talk about yeah. anybody else. I'm talking about us on the left. That's our responsibility. If we can't stand well, up let, yeah, let's, and make let's that let's happen, that's what yeah, I Yeah, let's come back to that, too, about how do we respond. But I want, to, I want to come back and highlight a few things that we need to highlight, I think, and then come back to what you're saying about uh, how we respond, because there is, there is – uh, broad resistance that comes from out of you know liberal democracy that we've had for so long, the, the, the democratic gains that we fought for. So that's still there. So I, so I want to say, you know, how do we build on that? But let me uh, let me just take quick, uh, real quick. I see this 804 call. If, you, if you're there, I'll let you in now. Hello there. Are you there? 804. Line that stuff down. There you go. Who is this? Hello? Okay, I want that doesn't sound like somebody. All right, so so you know, I think I want I want to I want to come back just a little bit, Carl, on a couple of things. This this notion to see because the question is is why is all this happening? Why this continues to happen? I mean, that's just an excellent kind of question. Why is this kind of stuff happening? This is to me. What happens when you live in a market-driven kind of world where you have greed run amok, right? And when you have people who the alt-right represents to me, this, this, is, this has been kind of Western culture in a way. I mean, almost all, every culture could have it. I mean, any place that you have class division in any country, whatever, it's people holding on and trying to, to grasp and, and to get as much resources and much privilege as they possibly can, right? It's, it's, it's somewhat part of our, let's be, let's be real, part of our nature, some of our nature, human nature, is we are greedy. We, we're selfish, right? 
and we have, and, but at the same time, we we altruistic. We look out for each other. So we have those two parts of us, right? But the, but a lot of times the dominant uh, aspect of us, or the the, the the most dominant aspect of of who we are, is that is that notion of greed, privatization, and more and more having indifference to people who don't, you know, who have been marginalized, don't have certain, um, you know, uh, who, who kind of been lost along the way or been discriminated against. There, there is kind of this kind of vindictive kind of uh, language that you just see in social media all the time. And people don't give a fuck about that somebody's poor or struggling, that somebody's been discriminated against. They don't even... Even in the even in the health bill, that you know when when you have people look at that health bill, and I haven't had a chance to read it, but I heard people report on it. Even there, you know, it's like cutting people off with pre-existing conditions, cutting people off if they don't have they can't pay a certain amount of money uh, for copay, cutting people off if if they don't if they just don't have a job. I mean, it's this kind of thing that people literally go with because they want the rich. And the greedy, and the and the and the people that don't have, so they, they may not be rich like the alt right. A lot of people alt right, just working class, ignorant white folks. They don't have a lot, but they think they they could have it if we could just get rid of everybody, just keeping them from being able to get what they need to get, right? So that's why you see a lot of talk about how the um, the, the Mexicans are taking uh, money from us, how how healthcare if we if we use this. Universal health care, that means it will take more money out of, my, out of my pocket. That means that if I don't want to pay for abortions, even though I'm going to push on, on the, from, a, from a religious point of view that you ought to have a baby, but I don't want to pay for people to have an abortion uh, because, again, you're always thinking that something's being taken away from you. and you get So those people get scared, whereas the rich folk, the rich folk, they just want to get more and more shit. There's never enough. So you got a billion, billion ain't shit no more. A million dollars? That's something you win on a game show. You know, that's not no real money no more, right? So you, you got to have billions and billions of money. And so anything that threatens that, that kind of privilege, that kind of power, right, anything that, that is not, is not uh, acceptable. So this is the reason why you get, you get this. This is not, I don't think that it, see, people say, well, you know, fascism is evil. It is evil, but evil is a, is a moral term, and it is morally evil. But there's also something a part of the way that we have built modern states and built modern economy, that is capitalist economy. When you live in a market-driven type of economy, this is the kind of shit that it comes to, particularly when capitalism is facing a crisis, right? Because you cannot have capitalism, right, and pay people decent wages. You cannot have capitalism and give people or, or, or give people the access to the basic needs. You can't have that because you can't do both at the same time. You can't have people absorbing mountains of wealth, right? You can't have people doing that, and that wealth is not spreading across. If the wealth don't spread across, then shit, you got to have laws to keep people down. So I think Bellamy talked about in the article is that you had six billionaires, Carl, Six, fucking six billionaires that have more wealth than half the fucking world population. What the fuck is that? You see my point? So this is the reason why we're going towards this fascism. 
You know, I mean, we know white folks have been racist for a long, long fucking time. They they went to other countries, colonized other countries, right? Because they wanted to live high. They wanted to build castles and shit, right? It was nothing that they, they their whole philosophy is, if I want it, I should be able to have it. There should be no limit to what I want. That's been their culture. That's been their culture. I'm not saying there hasn't been in other places in China, parts of Africa, you know, Middle East. It's, it's there too. But you, but the, the kind of colonial imperialistic nature of Western Europe brought that kind of shit wherever it went and ratcheted it up. And so you see... United States is kind of the epitome of that with this history of imperialism, you know, and its history of being able to go out and take what it's wanted from other people, right? To to be able to topple governments that they don't like, to right. to to lead embargoes against socialist states, to weaken those those states, right? And the same thing, well, you know, the fucking Soviet Union, right? <laughs> fucking Soviet Union. I mean, oh, well, not Soviet Russia. Right, I mean, he's gone way to the other side, right? And you, I mean, oh, you got a, you got a. Seems like to me, you got a, a, a mobster type economy, a mobster type uh, 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 apparatus going there. I mean, even this woman named Le Pen was supposed to have some mafia ties. They supposed to be on them backed her, gave her some money, mm-hmm. tried to infiltrate uh, her her uh, 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 opposing candidate, right? This is this is this is a signal that capitalism is in crisis. This is what the uh, uh, Bellamy talks about toward the end of the article, that the that the crisis of capitalism will give rise to these kinds of fascist laws and a pushback on democracy. You got to do that. Otherwise, if you don't do that, then you then if that doesn't, if that doesn't happen, then you talk about what Bernie is saying. Look, goddammit, we're going to stop with the wealth accumulation. We're going to tax the fuck out of people who got money, right? Mm-hmm. We may not go to no military takeover, but God damn it, if we get in power, we're going to tax the fuck out of you. Because right now, the taxes is at 30% and getting lower, right? They ain't talking mm-hmm. about spreading no money across. And people still think that these people took, they, they took the Kool-Aid that, that Trump gave, thinking that he's going to have some trickle-down shit or bring jobs back here. He ain't going to do that shit. Even if he, even if he, even if he, in his kind of deranged mind, thought that it can happen, because in one part of him he's fascist, he don't give a shit. But in the other part, he wants to be great, he right. wants to be big, he wants to be large, right? Mm-hmm. And, he, and 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 the the sad part about it, he's going to fail, he's going to fail. But but think of, I want you to understand this, he's going to fail, but that's not going to be the end. That's, That's not right. going to be the end. There's a qualitative have, difference. There's a qualitative difference between have, fall yeah. and end. What happens it's is end. that people confuses the two. That right. the fall of of something means the end of something. No, it just collapsed for a moment, but the right. the nature of the system continues to revive itself and change and, and rise again. You have to look at the capitalist system as this organism, that this organism uh, right now is in sickness, it's in crisis, and 
it will retract, it will harden, it will become dark. And, um, um, but when it gets through that period, it will rise again, become healthy and exploitive again. So, don't, you know, don't get it twisted in the sense that the fall means the end. And I'm, I'm glad you made that distinction. Yeah, because, I mean, and, and, and I think that's what we're seeing. And, I, and people need to understand there's a reason why these things exist. This just doesn't happen out of thin air. This doesn't happen because Trump came along. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's forces, ideological forces, the way we view each other, and the way we view the world, where we view the economy, that gave rise to this asshole, right? And, 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 but, but again, I want to come back to, like we talked about in terms of the left, Again, the reason why he's having a reason why he's going to fail, and the reason why he's having a hard time, is because we still do have those hard-won democratic um, institutions and rights and things of that sort, uh, policies, uh, governmental structures, things of that sort. I mean, we can talk about all day about you know, well, you know, it's not democracy for it's only democracy for the few. And not for the majority. I, I totally get that, but but we cannot dismiss the fact that there are some, some hard-won struggles that happen there that we have allowed to be taken over. We've allowed that to happen. We got too fucking comfortable, particularly the left, right? The left lost its fucking way to the point where it didn't even want to mention the word socialism. Couldn't even talk about it, right? That was shit. That was even as near back when we. Were, we we bought the show on Carl, remember? I mean, oh, yeah. that's been like two years ago. I mean, we're just now at the point where I'm seeing people are, are looking at saying, well, yes, yeah, particularly young people looking at socialism as something possible. Mm-hmm. Democrat socialists of America, even though they might not be revolutionary socialists, their 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 uh their membership has grown exponentially. It's grown. You got a uh the, the socialist workers, uh, I think it's a what group is that's going to have their their, their um, conference in Chicago? Oh you know, yeah, yeah, International Socialist and Socialist Workers Party. Um, yeah, yeah Socialist Workers Party and Socialist. And matter of fact, we're going to have we're going to have a representative uh, from that organization uh, from you know on our show on the twenty second, I believe, of right. of, uh, of of this month, uh, and talking about the conference. But even there, you know, you see a lot of membership growing in there. So people, and then even 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 just you know our little old bitty you know five and dime show that we have, I don't I don't get a lot of resistance, Carl, about about mentioning socialism in my tweets. At first, I got a lot of I don't get a lot of them. I, mean, I get some people who struggle. Well, we you, have a problem. People struggling. But you know, I think we we got something to build off of. We got something to build. Yeah, off I think of. partly yeah. because remember we had the the Bernie uh, Sanders phenomena where he and articulated the thing, right. Yeah, so right. that in many ways has changed the uh, uh, the dialogue that uh, resurrected that you can now talk about socialism without whispering. Oh man, you talk about uh, communism and uh, Soviet Union, it collapsed. Wall Berlin Wall fell down, so it don't work. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, it's a different uh, period. Um, also, you have a period where young people who uh, who have grown up uh, really never knowing that there was a Soviet Union, uh, that the Berlin Wall, that's ancient history to them. 
Um, it's like ancient history when we talk about, you know, 1848. That's ancient history for them. And so to talk about socialism in the context that they went through and experienced the economic crisis um, is it's, it's much different for them. It's a different world for them. So that's what makes the notion of socialism. The left have not articulated the old, the, 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 you know, the traditional left have not continuously articulated as, as part of a strategy for change. You can talk about the problem. You can talk about the health care. You can talk about, um, you know, uh, unemployment. You can talk about Black Lives Matter. You can talk about the the attack on science and the uh, and environmental destruction and destruction of the earth. But if you never offered an alternative to uh, of a different society, of a different vision, you're lost in in in, in the weeds of what the bourgeois liberal would articulate. We're at a critical juncture now. The neo-fascists are now in control of the state. The liberals are out. And, and, I, and I take my hat off to them. I'm very proud of the fact that they're out in the street. They're resisting. They're continuing to resist uh, you know, against the attack on health care, attack on science, attack on women, and attack on immigrants. I applaud you. Stay in the street. Stay fighting. Do, do not give up. Do not uh, 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 retreat one inch. But in the process of this fighting, you also need to uh, begin to articulate for people what's your vision, because you cannot be in simply in a resistant mode without actually articulating what you want. And, it, and, 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 I, and for most liberals, when you're, when you're in crisis and you're trying to find a place to live or, you know, you're on your deathbed because, you know, they're talking about you won't be able to get insurance because you have a pre-existing condition, I understand that. And I understand you don't have the time to sit there and think through. But for the left who have the time, who talk about this all the time, they need to insert themselves in the resistance movement to move and provide leadership around raising the awareness of a different world, of a different society, of a different place, and that there is a solution, a fundamental solution. We can win back the, the Congress, and we can win back the White House to the Democrat, but you're still... Black folks will still be shot in the police by, by police. Folks will still be losing their health care. People still be unemployed. So the the problem will not be completely resolved because you we never had articulated that just getting a Democrat back into office is not going to change the among black people. Just saying, just changing the color of the leader. Just turning a leader from white to black doesn't mean your life's going to get any better. It will not get any better because the nature of the system, the fundamental nature of the system upon which you live and breathe and eat and survive in will remain the same. The color may change. But, 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 let, but, let, me ask, but, but let me ask you, Carl, and, and, I, and I want to give people a sense of, because I know, because right. I mean, you, you, we're, we're old left, you know, and you're, right. you're talking, somewhat you're talking to the old left. 
let me let me talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit to the new, to this new emerging lefty young people now. You know, because one of the things I, I think that what we do, and uh, I think I see uh, Naj on line. Naj, if you hear me, I'll let you in a minute. But I think what um, I think, man, look, I think one of the things, some of some of the defining issues right now, for just just in a contemporary sense, like this, this issue of the, of the healthcare thing, right? Um, and and we know that that that's not that's not complete socialism or whatever, but but what it's a defining issue because what you saw with with the Affordable Care Act that is for slash Obamacare is that even though it was it was not universal health care, the the, the 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 insurance companies still made uh, benefited the most out of that, but it but it brought people on it brought people online that you know even including some people that I know personally. They never had access to, to Medicare, right? They didn't have it. Right, uh, right. They never made enough money. Either that. So right. you, you got a lot. So you got you get you can see the, the Republican Party some in some particular areas in, in the country. There's been serious pushback, like you know, don't be taking away, you know, this this uh, Affordable Care Act. Don't take away pre-existing conditions. People have a little bit of a taste, okay? Right. Of what it right. means to have a state, but you know, a state that says, look, we're going to create a way. That's going to provide for people's basic needs. Now, first off, people on the left, first off, don't be saying that this affordable, this, this, this universal health care is free. There's nothing free about it. This is the contribution that people make with their, their, their working tax dollars. They, they contribute that to the government, right? That's money. So that money that the government may use to have universal health care, that's our money. That's our resources, right? On the, on the second hand is, is we've, we've been told you a thousand times that we see the both of the income gains are going to the top less than 1%. So that's the reason why a lot of the, the healthcare, healthcare uh, universal healthcare, whatever, single payer, will come at, at the expense of that less than 1% because that motherfucker is ripping us off. So none of this shit is free. None of it's free, but we clearly know how it could and should be paid for, and ain't nobody getting anything for free. Nothing, right? Even if you're just paying taxes, local, your local taxes, paying taxes on buying shit, right? You're contributing to that tax. The same time, the same thing we got to realize is that when you collectivize a pot like that to bring about universal health care, that's what you're doing. You're collectivizing the pot, right, so that everybody has – that means you bring down, you bring down um, the, the expenses, even under capitalism, you bring it down some. You bring it down a notch. Now, you can bring it down even more so if we had caps on wealth accumulation, if we, had, if we start nationalizing basic resources, that is, i.e., socialism, right? You can, you, can, you can bring it down even more so. See, capitalism, socialism doesn't get to, it's not a point where you get rid of the whole market system. Don't get it twisted. People don't realize that. That's not socialism doesn't get rid of the market system totally. It doesn't. It's a transition to where that if we begin to understand what socialism can do and how it can benefit people, then it goes to a communist system, which could mean well, probably mean that you don't have no market. Certainly don't have a market system like you have today at all. So, so my thing is, oh, I'm like, I'm like, I can't even say that, Carl, because it seems so far fucking far away. But anyway, my, my point is 
is that people got a taste of what kind of socialized healthcare, right, kind of felt like, so that you can at least get some healthcare if you had a pre-existing condition. There was something put in place to even help women who got pregnant, right? That's that kind of shit, man. Maternity leave, yeah. Mm-hmm. But maternity leave, right? We can have more of that under a social society. And a social society it means this. It doesn't mean you're going to lose all your little property in your house and shit. What it does mean is that we're, it's, we're not, we, we become less and less driven by the market. Because we've been taught, even young people today grow up being taught that the market drives everything. It should drive everything. This is the mistake that we're making. You've got to study market capitalism and how it works and what effect that it has on uh, social relationships. Don't just, don't just listen to me or Carl. Go read this shit yourself. There's, there's, there's plenty of good books out there and, 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 doc, and even documentaries that will talk to you about the market system. There's two views on it, that the market system should handle everything, that it is the, the unseen hand, that, that, that keeps the glue together, but then there's the other forces which are not as, as, as prevalent as, they, as you know, we would like them to be that will show you that the market is, is, is breaking us down. It's, 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 it's creating the kind of chaos, you know, and the, and the lack of uh, compassion and the lack of, and it creates fear and it creates greed and it creates hunger, those kind of things. That's what it does. So understand these market, what a market-driven economy does, it leads to fascism. That's what it does. All right, let me, let me get, let me get uh, Naj in here real quick, see if he can uh, talk. Or he, may, he might be working. Hey, Naj. Hey, Naj. Oh, oh, give me a minute. Well, what's up, man? Give okay. me a minute. Okay, jump, jump in when you can or just, you know, text me. Go ahead, Carl. Yeah, I... I, 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 I... I don't disagree with you. I think one of the things that we have to do, I, I, I'm speaking to the advanced forces on the, uh, on the left or the yeah. advanced workers on, on the and um, in terms of their role and responsibility. To the emerging new left, um, young people who are coming on the scene and haven't, you know, studied any of this stuff, um, the point you make is very, very good, and that needs to be articulated. That I, I think that needs to be articulated as to the connection between socialism and and um, democratic gains uh, that that were made. So we didn't get single mm-hmm. payer; we got Obamacare. But that was the first time right. for many people they never had health insurance at all. They couldn't get health insurance, and so. Uh, they either had pre-existing conditions or they uh, didn't make enough money. Um, you know, there's a number of reasons. So a lot of those people, as you described, have now have a taste of it and not, they don't want it to, uh, to go back. The challenge uh, for that group is to explain to them, um, as you described, that, it, you know, making a contribution to all collectivizing for all is a positive thing. They are brought up in a society that, you know, magically this stuff is going to be provided for free. So somebody else is going to pay but not me pay. Um, And so, and I understand that to the extent if you're not making a lot of money and then someone else is making billions and that they should pay a greater share 
because their, you know, income inequality has increased, you know, 400 foes um, in the last 20, um, 20 years. But it also means that you do contribute, you do pay taxes, and that the, that the allocation of what you pay for taxes, particularly federal taxes, vast majority of it is going to the Pentagon. Uh, we did a remember we did a show on that. Uh, you go back to one of our show where we break it down as to where your dollar go, and and we demonst- we demonstrated and articulated that the vast majority of your dollar that you pay in taxes goes for the war, you know, for war, for subsidies, for the wealthy, for tax breaks for the wealthy, and very little of it goes to us. What we're talking about is redistributing that wealth to make the vast majority of it to pay for health care, for quality education, um, for, um, uh, for, you know, full employment, for a wide variety of social needs and social service. And, and you're right, socialism does not completely get rid of the market system. It's a transitional society, and it's probably one of the most fiercely fought and contested society of all because it doesn't completely get rid of all the what you know Marx called bourgeois pain, which is all the leftovers, the market system, and all the other trash that that seeps into the new society of socialism, and then it's a struggle for others to move towards even a more advanced society, um, which is called communism. So it's that struggle that will take place, but it will be um, um, most li- most likely to be the most mass democratic struggle that it will take place over a longer period of time. It will not be what they thought originally. It will be just, you know, a couple of years, and then we can move into communism. It will take much longer because there's many more elements, you know, changing the human culture, um, the way we do things, uh, uh, creating, you know, the necessary infrastructure and and testing it out and and failing along the way and learning from those experiences to build a better society. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm talking to and articulating and speaking to a, a different group. Uh, yeah, and and I I just want to make sure we do that because I, I think uh, yeah no you know, that's, that's a good point that, that's that's really that's, that's, really, that's really that's really where it belongs. I mean we we you know we people at our age and, and older you know we we've done what we can do. I mean not to say that we still don't do we we do. Uh, but the question you know the thing is you know the young people have to they have to shoulder this and this is this is them. I mean this is what. This is the reason why I say, you but, know, but but I think what has happened, but what I think what has happened in the '90s and the early 2000s is that we took socialism and socialist ideas and thinking and you know dialectical materialism, all the terminology and thinking off the table because we said, well, young people don't want to hear that no more. That's old school. That's for old people. Mm-hmm. I'm finding they eating this stuff up. They want me to talk about this stuff. They're constantly asking yeah. me, you know, what is this? How does this work? How do you, why do you think like that? How does dialectical thinking work? Um, how do you, what is, what is this socialism? I mean, I, I, we, 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 we have this one thing where we work with this one charter school of students at a charter school, and um, uh, we ask this one, you know, scholarship that you have to first, uh, you know, submit an application for scholarship and they have to do an essay. Well, this one person, she knows that, you know, we've been talking about, you know, Karl Marx. She opened her piece with the first line in, you know, in the Communist Manifesto. 
you know. And matter of fact, Carl, the, the, com, the, com, the, the show we did on Tom of the Metaphysical, as I was telling you before we got on the show today, that, that was, that's been the most listened to show, particularly the first one, than all, I think almost all of our shows in recent times. You know, oh, they're, wow. they're, they're, according, to the, according to the stats on that, there was like 950 uh, uh, downloads or at least clicks to it. You know, I don't know how far people got into it. It's hard to know. But, but, but you know, I'm just saying that that show got a lot of clicks. And, and, and you know, some people just kind of like, you know, curious, okay, well, what is it about? You know, what is comedy about? Blah, blah, blah. But people are looking at this because they see that it's not, it shouldn't be that difficult to see that wealth is going to the top, that you're having, that, that working class people are having to struggle way too hard to maintain. Um, you know, you talk about, well, United States, well, you know, United States is the most, most industrialized country in the world. It's got this, it's got that, it's more, you know, leading this. But, but think about how much we have to do to get it and to maintain it. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and for the bourgeoisie and the bourgeois class and capitalist class, that little 2%, three, that little 2%, 2.5% growth ain't enough for them. It's not mm-hmm. nothing because when they talk about growth, they ain't talking about growth to help your ass. They're not even talking about it. They're talking about growth to, to fill their pockets even more. I mean, these people are deranged. They're deranged. They live in these big, huge-ass uh, mansions. They got houses different parts of the world, different parts of the country, right? Uh, uh, I mean, it's just like, you, I mean, you got to see, you know, you got to just go online and see this shit. You can see that even the shit that 45 built. Right for himself and his family. I mean, these people are ostentatious wealth, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and and by the way, somebody would say, "Well, you know, Bernie got three houses." Somebody put something on Twitter the other day and <laughs> compared the little three little barn-like houses that that I'm not, you know, that, that Bernie has bought. They don't know where even compare to what forty-five and. And uh, Bill Gates and all them people have. They don't even know where he's compared. I mean, I'm not trying to say, I don't know where Bernie got his money to buy these three houses. I mean, you know, I don't know if it's a, the, most, the biggest contradiction right now. But I'm just saying that there are people who live in this ostentatious kind of greed, dude. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I mean, I don't even know why. I mean, there's, and they, and they, and they boast about it now. They, they boast about it. They don't see it. And these young people, have got to be seeing it. You know, they've got to see it. They might not totally understand it all, but they've got to be able to see. Motherfuckers got all this shit, and my parents are working their ass off to just maintain, just maintain some just, just some basic shit, right? And I'm talking about even middle class folk who work some work some of the hardest, but they got to go to a job in forty you know uh, forty hours a week or longer, you know, and they got debt. You got trillion dollars debt and shit. So people begin to see that, but the question of it is, is that you always don't have enough of a of a of a counter narrative to the dominant narrative. You don't have enough of that. And I want to emphasize again, you know, yes, get into organization, get into these resistant movements. But if you can't do that and you still want to, you want you want to play a role, change the narrative around you. At your job, at your family, wherever you can, your friend, just change the narrative. You ain't got to get all crazy about it. I mean, don't, don't go just talking about it all the time. But when you get opportunities for people that, like, you know, you're kind of sitting there, you're just chilling, you got a little weed or something or whatever, change the narrative. 
put the narrative, change the narrative because that's so important that people can see, you know what, there's other people think like me. Or people ask you questions like me, like you said about the, about the student that you talked about. So, you know, that, that's a good thing, man. It's a good thing. Um, you know, it's, it's, we still got serious hard struggles. We got we to gotta, gotta dismantle these fascist forces, both in fascist and neoliberal forces, neoliberal forces that exist across party lines. I think the, the, the right wing uh, uh, parties are much more fascist, even though, again, they're supported by the neoliberal uh, liberalism in, in, the, in the so-called liberal party. Uh, so we've got you know, to, like, expose them. Uh, the Democratic Party has definitely got exposed, right, and undermined, uh, partly by the right-wing forces, but partly by the people who realize that they are, they're selling us out. They've always sell the working class out, and they see that. Ain't nobody want to have no shit to do with Clinton no more. They don't want to hear her no more. They don't want to hear what she has to represent. Now she's, she's trying to call herself an activist, an activist citizen. That's bullshit. I mean, they, they got they got buku amount of money. They all up in there. And you saw what, what Obama just did. He made, he made a clear signal. He got even got him a $400,000 speech. He, he's sending a message. Where he's at? Shit, he ain't going to be leading shit. Not for the people. He's not going to do that. He's going to get very comfortable. Go Naj, you there? Yeah. Yeah, well, when you uh, – how y'all? Good to hear y'all again, and y'all hitting on some very good points. And, and with Obama, mm-hmm. when you give away a few trillion dollars to, uh, you know, some banking institutions, they tend to pay you back later Thank- on. You know, you have a career. Right, there you, go. you got a career. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, no, like said, look, the point. Hey, I'm I'm not president anymore. So I, now it's payday, motherfucker. Payday. <laughs> <laughs> and they had no problem with that because that's a pittance, especially going forward. The yeah. fact that you could have him as somebody who will speak well of you uh, when things get contentious, right. when they start to try to crush the system again. Uh, and and going back to that era, just remember. That was private banking institutions that crashed the economy, and then they wanted public funds to actually replace it and act like this was a a problem of public spending. And they started talking about right. austerity, uh, you know. And this, right. and this virus has gone across the globe. And uh, the point you guys are hitting on when you're talking about the young people, uh, that's the biggest thing. The young people right now they don't vote at the rate that they should. The the elders mm-hmm. outvote true, them. Uh, true at twice the level that they vote at and they get the, the, the goods, the healthcare bills are mm-hmm. driven towards the elders and taken away from the younger people. And when you look at Europe and you look at America, you realize these are the places with the highest uh, rate of age across the globe, because you have old conservative bases who pulled up every part of the safety net that they could and grabbed every nickel that they could from the economy and then voted conservatively to stop anyone else from getting those same things, making it harder for the people coming behind them. So, I mean, yeah. the young folks are looking around like, okay, where's mine? These people had all the benefits of, you know, quasi socialist policies in America. Any, in you know, hell, it's hard to call them socialist policies, but policies that lean, right. lean towards socialism. And then they spent the rest of their lives demonizing all of those policies that got them to the suburbs, got them their FHA loan, exactly. got them the GI right. Bill and everything else. So, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. laughable to a degree, but it, it's, it's dangerous that young folks aren't aware of what's going on. And you see the European right. leaders 
who are desperate for a new tax base bringing in these immigrants and these people <laughs> who they told to not have children unless you could afford them, and now they have a low birth rate. Now they need these immigrants to be there to pay the taxes for the next 10 generations. But they can't tell these people that, so these people just think their governments are stupid and are bringing in terrorists and, and vagrants and, you know, any any other bad word they want to label these people with, not realizing these are the people that have to save your country because you're old. Uh, just look at the average median age uh, for the globe, and you'll see Europe and the USA, they're the top. Uh, Africa, China, mm. some of these other places, you know, they have extreme, uh, huge populations of young people. And that's what every society yeah. needs. Those are the people who are going to be productive, pay the taxes, you know, create the new inventions and everything else. So with disruptive technology to where industries die within, you know, a few years from being so-called healthy and then just die, every economy is going to face shocks going forward because capitalism, as you guys are, are, are listing, is eating itself alive. There's no huge growth anymore. These uh, corporations that are becoming, you know, that are uh, merging, they're finding the returns on the mergers are equaling uh, to what they thought they would, and it makes them more vulnerable when things go bad. So, you know, th there's yeah. problems and fires everywhere for that side. But, uh, yeah, I, I know the music's yeah. coming, so. <laughs> Thanks a lot, though, man. Was a, a lot of good points you guys brought up. Yeah, it's always good to have you on, Nas, and get that, get that in, because... We really brought a, brought a good summary together because, you know, we I think the part of it is is that we just got to keep keep pushing it out there, man. I mean, I know, like I said, we're a little a little nickel and dime show, even though it don't cost a nickel and dime, it costs more than that. But we're gonna try to just play our role and, and play our part and try to get it out there, get the message out there. So we're gonna come back next week, but uh, on the 22nd we're gonna have a guest on, so I definitely mark your calendars for that. Appreciate the people on Twitter. Uh, Brother Jay, Brother Jay is one of my uh, uh, followers there that keeps me on keeps me on top of things. Uh, so thanks a lot for that. Really, uh, if you're listening right now, Brother Jay, thanks a lot. There are other people as well that are following me up there. I appreciate it and I'm looking forward to it. So you can download us on uh, on iTunes, right? And you can follow us at Social 45. Uh, the handle on Twitter or Social Divisions there. And uh, we might eventually be on Facebook or whatever or whatever that might mean. All right. So thanks a lot, and I uh, really appreciate uh, you guys uh, giving that kind of serious, uh, serious analysis. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Night, y'all.